Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for February 4th, 2024. It is the season of Epiphany. Join in our call to worship. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. of eternal light, lead us in our worshiping this day, that our lips may praise you, our lives may bless you, and our meditations glorify you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Peace beyond our fear and hope beyond. 
of all comfort, fill our hearts, healer of our every ill, light of each tomorrow, give us peace beyond our fear, and hope be Today is When Life Feels Out of Control. It's from the new book, Have a Beautiful, Terrible Day, by Kate Bowler. There was a time when I had a grip on things and a few decent plans, even a theory or two about how to keep my balance on this spinning planet. And then, and then, and then... Life shook me loose. I blinked only to find myself hurtling through time, through a darkness I couldn't fathom, but surely it must have been there all along, the truth echoing in my ears. We come undone. Things fall. Gravity itself fails. At this speed, well-intentioned invitations to stop and smell the roses or welcome the surprises of the day sound dainty, charming even, belonging to another place and time. They can't reach me. I am throwing an anchor out into the ether, and Lord, will you catch it? Grab it. Tether it. Pull me into your orbit. Let my eyes adjust and absorb the truth of the beautiful, terrible world you made and we share with the people we love. When I feel the ground pitching and my stomach lurching, convince me once again that the vastness of this universe is a comfort to me somehow. 
no matter how tiny my place in infinite space, I will stay at the center of your love. Amen. Our Old Testament reading today is Isaiah 40, 21-31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing." Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And from the New Testament, Mark 1, 29-39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons.
What do you hear when you hear these scriptures? What stands out to you? Is it Isaiah's rhetorical question, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? I will admit those are some of my favorite verses. Or is it that all of us, even our great leaders, are like grasshoppers in God's sight? Or is it the beautiful promise that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength? They shall mount up with wings like eagles. For some of us, it might be that Jesus in Mark's gospel is such a man of action, or that Jesus took time to pray in the middle of a busy season. Or do we center in on the story of Peter's mother-in-law? Wait, what? Peter had a mother-in-law? That would mean that Peter was married. Did Peter have children? An extended family that depended on him for support? What would Peter have been thinking then to just drop his nets and follow Jesus? What must his family have thought about Peter's actions? But here we are getting a bit ahead of the story. In this story, Jesus enters Peter's house where he lives with his brother Andrew, bringing along a couple of friends, James and John. And immediately they told him about Peter's mother-in-law who is sick with a fever, and he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her, and she felt well enough to offer them hospitality. And after that, of course, the secret is out. Everyone brings their sick and troubled ones to Jesus, and Jesus heals them. It is a simple story in a way. Jesus is at the center of the story. Jesus is showing compassion to the sick. Jesus is traveling, spreading the message of the kingdom of God and casting out demons. But what does that have to do with us today? Yes, we can understand that Jesus was a healer in his day. We can marvel at the stories of miraculous healing that we read about in the Bible. But most of us understand that illness is a part of life. And most of us, no matter how much faith we have or how hard we pray, are not going to be visited with the kind of instantaneous healing we read about in the Bible. Death and illness are real. They are facts. So how do we take hold of this story for ourselves? Let me tell you a story of one believer who has taken hold of Jesus' message of healing for herself. In an essay entitled, Two More Stones, Episcopalian preacher Lisa Bernheisel talks about the way her friend touches her life as she moves through a course of treatment for cancer. Bernheiser had cancer in her colon, her lungs, and her liver. She had gone through an aggressive form of chemotherapy, and the cancer had receded after ten rounds of this chemo, but she still had two rounds to go. 
Along with the chemo, she sought good health with changes in her diet by practicing yoga and by walking a labyrinth. It's her friend, who is also named Lisa, who walks the labyrinth with her. With two more rounds of chemo to go, ten down and two to go, Bernheiser writes. Lisa and I have walked labyrinths together for a few years. We've walked together when we were grieving, angry, or learning to let go of past hurts. I was there in the hospital with her and her family on the day her father died. I was honored and humbled to preach and preside at his funeral. We also share the same name, and that makes us smile. As we walk together in a labyrinth surrounded by gardens, we sense God is walking with us. I have had those kinds of profound and intimate experiences after my walks. I knew I needed that kind of spiritual support to face the last two rounds of my chemo regimen. I needed to return to God, my center, my rock. So I asked Lisa to walk with me again. Before we entered the labyrinth, I picked up ten large stones, each representing a round of chemo I had endured. Each stone was heavy. Some were rough, some were smooth. One was intricate with beautiful fossils, and some were plain with a few spots. Lisa also picked up two large stones that fit in the palm of her hand. These were the next two rounds of chemo. She said she would carry them for me until we got to the center. It was early morning, and the sun and clouds were beautiful. The green grass and trees shimmered with morning dew. The birds flying nearby seemed to have something on their minds. Bees went about their morning work, collecting pollen from the flowers. I followed Lisa into the labyrinth, each of us holding our stones. I dropped my rocks as I went. Number one, shortly after entering, two, and three as I turned a corner. Number four, my favorite rock with the fossils, fell out of my hand, which made me so mad that I threw rocks number five and six. As I let them go, I felt lighter, but I recognized each as its own blessing, unique in shape, size, look, and feel. Like my chemotherapy rounds, hard and painful, and still sacred. Seven, eight, and nine dropped easily, but ten did not. By the time I finally let it go, I had reached the center. Lisa gestured for me to take the last two stones from her. They were so large, so heavy. I wanted nothing to do with them. My hands were lighter now, and I did not want to feel that weight again. I wanted to just go into the center and commune with God without taking them on. But when Lisa said, I could only carry them so long for you, now these are yours to take, I knew she was right. 
Reluctantly, I took the stones and held them in my hands. They fit perfectly, and they felt familiar. I squeezed them tight and found they felt good. I saw they were both actually quite beautiful. These next two rounds of chemo will be hard, I thought, and yet there will be beauty and mystery revealed there, too. Standing there holding the stones my friend had carried, I continued to reflect on the previous five months. Those ten chemotherapy sessions were now part of the labyrinth of my life, but what comes next is uncertain. It had felt good to let Lisa carry the weight of that fear for a while. Now it was time to release it to the one who could bear it all. I stacked the last two stones on the labyrinth's center rock like a cairn, a memorial to another sacred moment on this journey. I remembered the words of Hannah, There is no holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. 1 Samuel 2.2 Then Lisa and I walked out of the labyrinth together. Brothers and sisters, Lisa felt the healing touch of God through her chemo treatments, through her walking of the labyrinth, and through her friend's healing help. Lisa's friend, Lisa, didn't cure her cancer and didn't physically lift her from her bed of suffering. She just carried the two stones for her and then handed them back to her when it was time so Lisa could set them down into the care of God, into God's hands. So the touch we sometimes need for healing can come in the holding and sharing of stones that both sets of hands have held, and it also comes in the walking with, into the labyrinth and out again. God is good to give us such friends to walk with us through the valley of pain. I want you to think this week about your healing hands, your healing touch. How are you lifting up the ones in your life who are hurting? And if you are hurting, where are you seeking healing? Whose hands have held stones for you for a while? Whose hand is lifting you up, curing your fever, helping you to your feet? As we read these stories from the Gospels, let's hear God's call to follow Jesus. And let's participate in God's healing work to see the pain and suffering of others, to be patient with their needs, to extend our hands. May God hold us in God's hands and hold the parts of our lives that we can no longer hold and heal us of all that prevents us from rising from our bed, all that prevents us from living lives that reflect the good news of Jesus. May God's gift of healing, of touch, flow from you and to you. Amen. Let us pray. 
O God of healing. Thank you for those friends who help carry our pain, who will walk with us through our grief. May we let that healing spirit flow through us to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Receive the benediction. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her. May God's hand lift you up, and may whatever fever you have leave you. May the peace of Christ, the healing of Christ, come to you. Amen. Amen.